It is an honor to stand in this pulpit today and to be able to herald God's word to God's people this very morning. Before we get into the message this morning, I just wanted to let everyone know, as we have prayed for earlier, but to continue to pray for Pastor Matt and Gabby to keep their travels safe as they are spending this weekend together in Rio Doso. We pray that it be fruitful time in their marriage and their lives and that they come home uh, safely, that they travel back safely. Um, and also, I'd like to take a quick minute to thank those um, on the praise team to come here early in the mornings to um, learn and grow together, um, that we can um, make a daily strive to glorify Christ and be the vessel to bring others to Christ um, during the Lord's Day. And also to those who are on the teaching rotation here at Flatland Bible Church. It is certainly not easy and it is very time consuming and weighty to labor in God's word. Um, so I'd like to quickly thank everyone here in both the adults and the youth classes that, um, that do so. And I know that the efforts will not be in vain and that God will certainly bless and multiply the efforts there. Um, if you would please uh, this morning turn with me to the book of Acts. We will be in chapter 2, and we'll be looking at verses 42 and 47, and if you have the ESV, it'll say the Fellowship of Believers. And I know we all um, have heard or read this message of, of Scripture um, in the past, and if you haven't, then today would be a great opportunity um, to see and understand a model of why and how Christians are to have fellowship with each other. And seeing how the Bible lays out biblically what a community of believers should look like. And the attitudes and hearts that we are to have here in the church. This morning we'll be going to, uh, we're going to step away uh, from 1 Peter for the next week or two. We're going to take a little bit of a mental break. And this morning our topic will be on fellowship and it'll be a great reminder of why and how it is important in our own walk or as Jacob stated earlier in Sunday School, a marathon. I liked how he said, explained that. And also, though, how it, um, it, it, it's important to others within the faith, to each other, to the community of believers. Um, this will be a good examination to point a microscope into one of the headers that we examined last week as Pastor taught on Godly living through First Peter. And specifically within that, the, the first header of the unity of the brethren Let's first start with the name of this topic this morning, fellowship. Now, fellowship, used in this context, is the Greek word koinonia. Uh, this word in the Greek means fellowship. It means uh, participation in. It means sharing. It means communion. And we will see uh, throughout our text this morning this word really unpack and unfold um, and how it flows through all things here um, within this passage. Let's go ahead and get right into this. The name of this sermon uh, this morning is entitled Faithful Fellowship, as you guys will have in your pamphlets. If we could all st uh, stand, please, as we read the Word of God together. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. 
And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, as we open up your word this morning, Lord, I pray that you give us spiritual ears to hear this message, eyes to see wonderful truths in your word, a softened heart that receives your word, Lord, that we may cling to these truths in your word, that we may model and example it in our lives so that we may grow in Christ-likeness, Lord, that we may shine a bright light in fellowship with you first and with others within the body that you have spilled your blood for. I pray that we walk out of here changed today, Lord, that your word impact our heart and that we meditate on it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So our text this morning finds us in the second chapter of Acts. Jesus has just raised from the dead. He's revealed himself to the apostles and now has ascended into heaven where Luke says in chapter 1 verse 9 that he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud had received him out of their sight. Now I don't know about you, but I imagine that would have been an awestruck moment to see Jesus' ascension into heaven. The apostolic age had been ushered into church history, and the Holy Spirit was sent forth in power in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to even the remotest parts of the earth. Peter had just preached the greatest sermon in church history at the day of Pentecost, proclaiming the risen Savior, whom men crucified, but God raised him up again. And afterwards, the Bible tells us in verse 41, So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. We are now at the foundation of church history. And the Bible immediately, in verse 42, gives us this example, this model of what the church should look like and how the church should function. Let's take a look at verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We see that the first part of this text gives us a depiction of what looks like church. They, who are they? We're speaking of the believers. What were they doing? Devoting themselves To be devoted means to give all or a large part of one's time and resources to a person, activity, or cause. And so we see the verb here being brought forth to life about how the first Christians in the church, what were they focused on and devoted to? The fellowship to the apostles' teaching, to hearing God's word preached, to fellowship, and we see this word now here fleshed out, to share with, participate with, to contribute, to share to have partnership in with each other and to the breaking of bread. And this would have referred to participating in communion, 
with the ordinances of the church. And lastly, to prayer. So we can see here how this illustrations or how this illustrates a model of the church to be devoted to God's word, to be devoted to each other and fellowship, to be devoted to the ordinance, to be devoted to prayer both individually and corporately. But before we can take in why God has designed his church to operate in this way, we need to understand why and how fellowship starts in our Christian lives which leads us to our first header this morning, fellowship with the head. By this head, I'm speaking of Christ himself. We can see from our text that before God's word shows us the model of the church, it tells us how souls were being saved, that by this we can conclude that those who embodied the church were regenerate souls, converted Christians by the Holy Spirit. So before we can go any further, we have to see that none of the rest of this text applies on an intended design by God if we do not have fellowship with Christ, the head of the church. This is unequivocally symphonized in the New Testament. Ephesians 4.15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. And Colossians 1.18, and he, speaking of Christ, is the head of the body, the church. We can only have faithful Christian fellowship with each other if we first have faithful fellowship with Christ. The body cannot be the body without the head. The body without the head cannot function. Could you imagine that? It cannot see. It cannot hear. It cannot speak. It cannot have the ability to think. Christians can only submit to each other in fellowship within the church if we first submit to the head of the church, Christ himself. Now now fellowship in Christ allows us to have participation with others as having one spirit. But true Christian fellowship can only be faithfully preceded by having fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's flesh this out, 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Philippians 2.1, that was written by John. Now this is written by the Apostle Paul. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one mind. Now let's dig deeper into this thought a bit. Jesus says this in John 17, 13, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So we see that fellowship is made complete by having fellowship with Christ. 
And then in verse 20, Jesus says, I do not ask for these things, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. In Leviticus, God laid out a sacrificial system that included a peace or fellowship offering, and it signified thanksgiving and gratitude to God. There are under the Old Testament covenant, or sorry, the Old Covenant sacrifices intended to represent a propitiation, but with the understanding that God had always been, has always been a God of grace. He does not expect us to appease Him with our works, but only to confess our need and dependence on Him. Under the Old Covenant, this relationship was expressed by the sacrificial system, which always looked forward to the sacrifice of the Messiah. Under the new covenant, the law had been written on our hearts now, and the Holy Spirit gives us power and guidance to live our lives accordingly. The sacrifices we give are now spiritual and living, and this is the good news of the gospel. We see the design here for fellowship as one in Christ Jesus here in his high priestly prayer, that we, we may be one in Christ as Christ is one in the Father. This was an answered prayer by his providential design. John MacArthur states, uh, clears this, uh, states this clearly in this way, quote, the basis of unity centers on adherence to the revelation the Father mediated to his first disciples through his Son. Believers are also to be united in the common belief of the truth that was received in the Word of God. This is not still a wish, but it became reality when the Spirit came. It is not an experiential unity, but the unity of common eternal life shared by all who believe the truth, and it results in one body of Christ, all sharing his life, end quote. We see how this first fellowship must be before the latter, but now through the former, we can faithfully have the latter, fellowship with the body, which brings us to our second header this morning, fellowship with the body. We can see now, through the remainder of this passage, how fellowship with Christ through the Spirit allows us to have faithful fellowship with the body. We can see how communing with the Spirit, having fellowship with Christ, allows Christians to be effective in having unity within the body. To quote Charles Spurgeon once more, who said, quote, Some Christians tried to go to heaven alone, in solitude. But believers are not compared to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. Those who belong to Christ are sheep. And in this respect, that they love to get together. Sheeps go in flocks, and so do God's people. End quote. No one man is an island unto himself. And so we see that to be true here in verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now this quickly refers to being of one mind and of one accord. And sometimes that means agreeing to disagree. And this would be irrational to think that every Christian needs to think exactly the same as far as what we like. Maybe it'd be in pertinence to food 
what you prefer, but rather we can lovingly come to different opinions and respect and love each other. That Christians are not meant to cause divisive walls amongst each other and divide, but rather like our own families, we can still have different points of views and still have common love, compassion, and respect for each other because we have all been saved by the same mercy and grace. Verse 45 that says, they, are, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. The Holy Spirit was moving quickly through Jerusalem in the early church. And in Acts 4, 33 and 35, Scripture says that because the congregation was of one soul and heart, that they shared common possessions to the degree that those who were landowners were selling their properties or homes and laying it, laying it to them at the apostles' feet so that there were no needy person. Now we have to practice good discernment here. This does not necessarily mean that everyone should just go and sell their homes, uh, but rather that with the intent that there's an understanding that since we are blessed, that we have been blessed with certain things, that we can do so with others as well. They, they held on to their possessions and things lightly that we do so also, knowing that in their hearts, if one could use or be blessed by it, then they had the heart and desire to bless them and to do to others. This is the same heart that we should have. This is so important to Christian community that fellowship with others may indeed mean that we help those who might be in a tough season of their lives because we never know when the Lord may take me or take you through a humbling season. And in those times, we will need the support from others within the body for help. Verse 46, And day by day, attending the temples together and breaking bread in their homes, they received with food their glad and generous hearts. I love this description here of the church in verse 46 because what it does is it builds a bridge from having the importance of having fellowship in the church, as we observe from the first part of this text here, attending the temples together, but it builds a bridge to the second part here that extends to fellowship in the home. It says they were breaking bread together this word in the Greek translates, translation literally means to share meals together. We can see how faithful Christian fellowship doesn't end with when we gather here on Wednesdays and Sundays, but that it should extend into our own homes. So I encourage you this morning to grab a brother, grab a sister in the faith, grab a family that you may not know or may want to get to know better, to get to pray with, and go be intentional about gathering together. This is such an integral part of our Christian walk. To share in the joys and struggles with one another in deep-rooted Christian fellowship. I love the translation here in verse 47 that says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. This word favor in the Greek means to honor or grace. What a great picture that is to honor each other, to have grace with each other while praising God. What does that look like? 
in your life. And we can see that there is a fruit that follows this model. Here at the end of verse 47, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Which brings us to our last header today, Fruits of Fellowship. There is, in fact, a real fruit that results in having faithful fellowship with Christ and with other believers. That when this happens and this model is followed biblically, it results in having the Lord bless the church and to bless the community of believers. We need to go back to this understanding. Sometimes in this day and age, we have church meetings about how to grow the church, how to do this and how to do that and have fancy ideas. But what we need to do is look back and see how God built his church from the beginning and understand that this is the way. This is how it's done. We don't need fancy music or uh, smoke machines. We don't need the best lighting systems and sound systems. We need God's word. We need God's people. And understanding that by doing both, we learn to love and grow in deeper intimacy with Christ through the Holy Spirit, and thus allows us to do the same with each other. 1 John 2, 9 says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother, though, abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So how can we say we walk in the light? How can we say that we walk in the light and not have fellowship with each other? How can we be Christians if we aren't doing the very thing that Christ had commanded us to do? Love your neighbor as yourselves. Being faithful in both allows the Christian's life to flourish because it is evident fruit that we abide in Christ. But how can we do this in our lives? How can we get very practical with how we do this? Well, simply like this. Are you upset maybe with a situation or person or a circumstance in your life? Take it to God first and then confide with each other. Are you worried in this season of your life? Then take it to God first and then seek encouragement with each other. Are you scared are you uncertain? Take it to God first, who is courage himself, and then seek that courage and help from each other. Are you unsure, maybe in your life, of where you're going and where you are in this portion of your life? Well, take it to God, who knows all things and who works all things for our good according to his purpose. And then we seek counsel with each other. Are you brokenhearted? Do you need peace? Well, take it to God first, who mends broken hearts, who is the Prince of Peace, and then seek comfort with each other. Are you wanting to rejoice, enjoy, and praise, and thanksgiving, 
will rejoice before the Lord and give Him thanksgiving and gratitude that He he may be glorified, high and lifted, and then share in the joy with each other, that others' faiths may be strengthened and our joy may be complete. With the one who completes all things, with the one who mends all wounds, gives abundant wisdom, vindicates you before the unjust and the unrighteous, who will fill us and who fills an endless abundance of love, mercy, and grace. This is the great God that we serve. We don't have to turn on the television, get on our phones to see that this world seems to be getting darker and darker by the minute. It's easy to see the world become more and more godless in every form and fashion. And I pray that through these troubled times that we can live our lives in this manner, that our fellowship and unity shine bright in this increasingly dark world, to have our fellowship with God grow and be rooted deeper, which allows the fruit of our Christian fellowship with each other to do the same. May Christ be glorified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you convict us by your Spirit this morning, Lord, that we come to you in every season, in every circumstance, that we come to you first. Lord, your blood was spilt for this church. It was a great sacrifice that was made. I pray that we have fellowship with each other, that we love our brothers as ourselves, both here in this body and other bodies in the church universal, Lord, that we will one day all be in one kingdom with you. I pray that our time be spent wisely with each other, that we grow together, that we encourage each other, that we admonish each other, that we share in this together in one spirit and one participation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.